to go from afraid to speak due to stuttering to running workshops and public speaking? How about that? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am your host, Brett Dupree. Today is a beautiful Sunday evening, even though I'm releasing this on a Wednesday. So exciting time this week. I am pumped. Why am I pumped? Because you are here and you are listening to my podcast. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. I am very excited. In my time, in my life. I know last podcast I sounded probably a little down, a pretty little disappointed. But really, I just wanted to talk about that feeling that I get when it happens. But this week, I have a lot. I mean, even last week, I had a lot of things to be excited about. Even if the podcast isn't going as popular as I'd hoped, it's still wondrous that I'm doing it, that I'm stepping up, that I am finding people to interview, people who want to interview, giving people their first chances on interviewing for a podcast, their first interviews ever. Today, I just did another interview with a, with a newbie, with a first-timer. It's amazingly awesome to do so. And it's an honor that they allow me to be a part of them doing something new, doing something exciting, even if they are the only person who ends up listening to it. I'm sorry, that's just a joke. But why am I excited? I'm excited because I am working on stepping up into my life, stepping up bigger, playing bigger, being bigger. The podcast was just one. Thank you for Acuity Scheduling for making the scheduling part of that podcast easier. The podcast was just one step of the things I was doing. I also became a district leader in my Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a wonderful organization where we work on public speaking. However, we also work on leadership, and I am the public relations manager for District 2, which is from Canadian border down to Kent, Washington, on the west side of the Cascades. So if you want to look at the map to see the public relations that I'm kind of in charge of. And I stepped up there. I have so many ideas. And if I just get 10% of them in place, I'll be happy. What can I say? I have a lot of ideas. Not only that, I am going for what is called my Distinguished Toastmaster DTM. And I am working on starting my own Toastmaster club. I call it the Light Worker Toastmasters. Basically, Toastmasters is this wonderful event where we gather weekly to work on our public speaking. And not only that, we work on our active listening, our leadership, and so many other positive aspects and skills that I've got through Toastmasters. In fact, doing this podcast is so much easier this time due to being even more skilled with my words, more confident with coming up with new things to say. I mean, how little I actually practice before I go out doing this. It makes it super exciting. So I'm starting my own Toastmasters club. I call it the Lightworker Toastmasters. Lightworkers, where people who shine light within the darkness, your public speakers, your acupuncturists, your Reiki masters, people who want to make a difference in this world and may be a little hesitant to create their words or 
They are already doing it and just want a platform to improve because the more you can touch somebody with your words, the more you can change them or at least give them the opportunity to change. And Tuesday, I get to figure out what happens. I set my intention. I've paid money to Facebook advertising. I've hung up flyers. I've asked people to show up. As of right now, I have 13 people who said they're going, and one of those 13 is me. So the only person I'm 100% confident is going to show up is me. And then I have the most interesting part of Facebook events, the interested The question is, are none of them going to show up? Because that is a possibility. It's completely 100% possible that of all the 50-something people who say they're interested do not show up. But at the same time, what if the exact opposite shows up? Over 50, which I highly doubt that would happen. But what if 30 to 40 people show up? That is so many people. Wow. Just imagine. Just imagine being that successful. And then I have to convince these people that Toastmasters is a wonderful organization, which should be easy because I believe Toastmasters is a wonderful organization. And I need 20 of them to say yes. Generally speaking, to create a community club, which what this one is, it takes six to nine months with a new Pathways, which is 100% electronic and 0% books. I don't know exactly how you're supposed to accomplish that. I really need to talk to somebody about that. Well, I should have done that before. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, the amount of work and hard work and dedication and just putting yourself out there. That's almost the hardest part about doing things is putting yourself out there. I mean, I had this idea for this Toastmaster Club for a few years now. I just I had this idea for this podcast a few years now. And I'm doing both of them at the same time. Part of it is scary, of course. It's scary putting yourself out there. It's scary going forward. It's just scary period of asking people for help asking people to sacrifice their time to you even though it improves themselves and i know it could help make this world a better place i'm partly i am very nervous to see what happens i'm just part of me is just working on not giving my hopes up not thinking that it's going to be just a runaway success that all of a sudden that i'm going to meet on tuesday and then Everything is just going to work out perfectly. We're going to get over 20 people who say yes. We'll figure out how to do the charter, how to set up a bank account and all that fun things because we have enough people who are not only interested but excited about the prospect of working together to create a collaborative work, to work on their ability to speak, their ability to listen, the ability to connect with people because I know that almost no one can show up. I know how easy it is to make an excuse. I know how easy it is that even in the right and most positive intentions, that sometimes things just don't work out. So I just decided to remain curious on what's going to happen. Curious if this is going to take, if my dream, my vision of creating a Toastmaster club where people who want to make a positive difference Find a place to be able to create their voice so that they can truly touch and change lives. And speaking of making this world a better place, I would like to introduce you 
to one of the people who said they're interested. We'll see if they show up to my Toastmaster club. A longtime Toastmasters friend of mine, Anna Margalina. I first saw her many years ago during a humorous speech contest where she talked about picking mushrooms. And it was a hilarious speech. No, that's her second one. The first time I heard her speak was about Toastmasters' effect on their marriage. Which, if you are a part of Toastmasters and you want to win a humorous speech, talking about the humor in Toastmasters does help. It does help indeed. Well, Anna is a very special person and a person I have been so happy to get to know. And it turns out Anna Margalina is a hypnotherapist, master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming or NLP, licensed trainer of NLP, licensed by the co-creator of NLP, Dr. Richard Bandler. She is also a scientist, has a PhD in biology from the Russian Medical University. She believes that it's much easier and more enjoyable to change our thinking about a situation than to keep pushing ourselves through painful and unpleasant memories we have in this situation. She works privately with clients, helping them to solve their problems with less stress, more more relaxation, and more fun. It is my honor... To present to you, Anna Margalina. Hello, Anna. Welcome to my hi. podcast. Hi. Hi, Brett. We've known each other for what, five years now? Yes, I think so. Or even more. I think it's more. Yeah. Six. Anna is six. Yeah, Anna's Seven. a wonderful Toastmaster. And a great speaker. So it's been a pleasure knowing her all these years. Thank you. You're very welcome. So tell us, uh, what do you do? I teach people how to use their own mind, how to change how they think. And this will change how they feel. You see, Most of my life, I believe that the only way of dealing with any negative feeling, including fear, is to just push through it or just dismiss it, try to hold it in. And it worked. It worked. I was able to accomplish things that I would not be able to. But it created such a great pain and stress. And when I learned that I don't have to do this, that I can actually change the inside of my mind, I can rearrange it. And if I change how I think, This will change my feelings. This was just learning, just like learning magic. Like, Harry Potter, you are a wizard. Like, I'm a what? So I invested my time, effort, money, of course, into mastering this. And now I'm teaching people this. I work privately with clients, and I also talk. I give trainings, lectures, so I love just sharing this with people. So what got you started in 
to working with people to change your mind? Was this started off as a personal? Oh, yes. Yes. You see, as you know, since I was a child, I had a speech impediment. I started it so badly that even saying my name was a struggle. And people who don't stutter, they don't understand what's the big deal. But if you imagine when you fail in front of people who are important, like reading in class, waiting for this moment when I have to read and I knew I could read. When I was alone, I could do it. But in class, my chest would get tight, my breathing would freeze, my face would burn, and I couldn't make the sound. I had to push through it, and it was so embarrassing. What I learned, I learned to push, just pretend that I don't care. And of course, when you are in school and you deal with bullies. That's an important skill that you don't show them, that you're afraid. You don't show them that the words had any effect on you. So I learned to hold it inside and I would go through life like this. And but the older I would get, the more I would feel that I live in pain. I just constantly have to face the fear in everyday life, like picking up the phone and feeling this heartbeat pounding in chest and knowing that I will embarrass myself, you know, talking on the phone. So I finally, I started looking around. I said, I will open my mind to anything. Like, I am ready to try anything. And when I discovered that there are tools that allowed me to just, not just push through fear, but completely eliminate it, I recently witnessed a scene that was this lady and she tried to convince her little son to use public restroom. And she was very forceful, like, you have to just go in, stop doing it, be brave. And he was terrified, like, mommy, mommy, don't let me, don't, don't push me, like, I want to go home. And now I know that if you or me, if we could look through this boy's eyes and if we could feel what he felt, we would run away, we would scream. And I was doing this. I was just dismissing my feelings. Now... When I learned that we can sit with our feelings, we can talk to those parts that are just this, just like this little boy, they're terrified because they see something different, that we 
can help them to see different reality, to kind of bring them on board with us. And this will not just obliterate fear, but also change it into excitement. Now I speak in Toastmasters. Now I do improv. I even started doing stand-up comedy. And it's not because I cured, I stutter. It's because I learned how to not to make it worse, how to not push myself into the state of panic and anxiety. So this to me was like, I want to learn it. I want to do it. And at first I thought I will work with people who stutter. And then I, I started getting clients who would not stutter, but they had the same fears. They have the same way of dealing with pushing through them and living in this living in this state of stress. So now to me, my ideal client is a person who wants to live life like an adventure, free of this pain, stress, and and um, so happiness. When you're yes. going through that process of becoming a dealing with your stutter and thinking that you're yes. going to create a client base on stutter and then the non-stutters would come to you, did you have any doubts at first that you could help them? Oh, yes, yes, because I, well, I had doubts, you see, what I understood, I thought that uh, my fear is all about speaking. I thought, I'm afraid because I stutter. But when I started building my business, what I discovered, it's not just about speech. It's about every time when I can fail. Every time when I'm attempting doing something new and I know that I may not be perfect, I may fail. Hail. And this turned out to be much more common issue than stuttering. So I actually, so I, I had to redesign my entire thinking about doing new things. So I had to find a way of looking at those moments when I attempt to do something new and it doesn't go the way I like it. It's not perfect. I had to stop thinking about it as failure. So I learned to look at it as accomplishment. That was a big change to me. So let's go back to more of the beginning. 
you seem you're talking about how you're having a problem with stuttering getting up in front of class how did that affect your self-esteem if you think about everything you have inside your brain right? all your stories all your knowledge your experience how people will know that you are intelligent? How people will know that you have all those experiences and story if you cannot speak? So the way we speak is extremely important. We tend to adore people who have this confident, flowing way of speaking. Sometimes we do it a little bit too much. And we are culturally conditioned to think that if a person does not have this flowing, confident speech, that they may be unsure, maybe they don't know their topic. So this, of course, had a tremendous impact of my self-image. So every time I had to speak, I would feel like a little girl. I would fall to pieces. Like all my knowledge, all my experience would be gone in an instant. And I would feel like a little girl in a room full of bullies. And it was not a good state, of course. Oh no, that does not sound like a fun image to have in my brain at all. No, it was not, not a fun image. So, as you see, now I feel very differently. Now when I gave myself permission to fail, and I say, how can I fail by doing? It's impossible. If I am there on stage, if I am speaking, if I am doing something, that is uh, challenging, that is difficult. How can I fail? This is an accomplishment, right? But if I sit home, if I sit on a couch and say, well, I'm afraid of embarrassment, then I fail. So kind of redefining then, saying I am here I'm on this stage, I'm doing it, and feeling this feeling of accomplishment. Just this absolutely exhilarating feeling. You talk a lot about pivoting your thoughts and changing the ideas of how you're thinking one way and now you can think another. What was the first time you were able to do this? The uh, this was before I even learned any tools. I didn't know anything about NLP, hypnosis. I just wanted to do something. So I went to this speech. Uh, speech uh, and of course, it's bringing all memories up. <laughs> speech therapist. And... And she tried everything. She would try that there is lots of techniques, like you take a deep breath, you let it out slowly. 
So you start sounding like a very sexy person when you speak this way. You don't stutter, but you speak in a really weird way. And I just, nothing would work. And eventually she said, well, Anna, how about you try to stutter? And I said, what? What do you mean, try to stutter? I try not to stutter, right? I try to avoid stuttering. And she said, well, what's, what's a big deal? And I thought, what is a big deal? I stutter anyway. Why it's so difficult even think about doing it on purpose? But I guess I was so desperate. So I did it. And the first time I did it, instead of trying to avoid stuttering, instead of trying to prevent myself from stuttering, just doing it on purpose, just like this, all of a sudden, inside there was this incredible feeling of freedom, like the door opened. All of a sudden, the tension was gone. The anxiety was gone. I was not cured, but this moment has taught me that I can change my feelings just by pivoting my thoughts instead of trying to avoid stuttering, trying to stutter, trying to fail. That was mind-blowing to me. (laughs) That's an awesome story. I like it. So what got you into NLP? How did you discover neurolinguistic programming? So after after this story is when I felt this very different feeling inside, I started reading everything. I started reading about people who were able to go from fear of speaking to to the state when they loved speaking. And I started just noticing what they did and just doing everything, like acting classes, improv classes, Toastmasters. And I read a few stories where people mention this strange thing, neurolinguistic programming. And I had no idea. And I just uh, found a coach. And at first it was a very weird thing to me because if a person asks you, okay, so notice a feeling, Step into this feeling and then drop down through this feeling. You're like, what? (laughs) What am I doing? So what I understand now that, you see, our thinking is not just words. We notice when we think in words, but we also think in images. We also think in movies. We also think with our bodies, our feelings. So when we want to change something so deep as fear, we need to 
change all levels, not just words, not just reasoning. We need to go into our imagination. And so working with this coach, at first I just thought, okay, I'm wasting my time. I'm doing something really weird. But then there was a moment when all of a sudden this bad feeling that I had And I was so embarrassed every time I started it, when I felt that I was failing every time I started, it was gone. It was just absolutely gone. It even felt silly. I thought, why should I be embarrassed about it? And it was just such huge and fast change. And my speech started flowing with so much ease, like I was almost cured. (laughs) I was like, wow, I am speaking because I used to speak on, I used to stutter on almost every word and with long blocks, like I was like really struggling to say a word. And all of a sudden it was flowing. And I thought, I will learn it. I, this is, I need to learn. And especially because soon I noticed that my stuttering tend to go, uh, to come back. So I would gain more fluency. I would start speaking with this wonderful flow. And then I would start getting back a little bit of blocking. And I thought, I need to learn it. I need to learn it so I can use it for myself. And it's been maybe five years that I'm learning this. And it's an amazing adventure, like learning how to use our brain. What got you from learning how to improve your life and your ability to speak to wanting to help others do the same? You know, I started, yes, I started with just, I'm doing it, I'm learning it just for me, because there is no way I can work with other people. There is no way. And then as I kept investing more and more time into it and when you learn, you work with other students and I started, I started uh, experiencing time when people would tell me, wow, I felt the change. So even though I didn't plan on doing it for other people, but I, because of the learning process, I had to work with people and Receiving those comments, first I did it only for people whom I know, like my fellow Toastmasters, friends. And hearing their experience when they would say, wow, I had this bad feeling and now it's gone completely. I thought, well, maybe I can do it. 
or other people. And of course, building a business is entirely different story. You have fears, you have doubts, and uh, I was very lucky that I have my tools that every time I feel a feeling, I ask myself, is this the best feeling I can have? Like, if we think about fear, there are some cases in which it's a good feeling. Like, if you uh, stand on the edge of cliff and you think, maybe I can fly, and you have no fear, then it's not good. It's just not good. Uh, but if you plan on speaking, then you want other feelings. You want to be more relaxed, excited. You want to be playful. You want to have fun. You want to feel connection. So there are other feelings that are more useful. And when you start thinking like this, and you start thinking, what is this feeling that I need and how I need to think, how, what I need to change in order to install this feeling? It's, um, it's magic. Yeah, one of my favorite sayings is when your emotions are aligned with your desires, you can move mountains. Oh, yes, yes. And this is another thing I learned. Those little children that we have inside, those parts that they're seeing different, different reality, they are very powerful. And when we finally get them on our side, when we align all powers, that's a wonderful feeling. When every part of you moves you toward your goal, that's an awesome feeling. So how do you help people with pivoting and changing their feelings? First, of all, it's very important to learn how to get yourself into this special learning state. It's called a trance. So in our normal state, our thoughts are like trains. They're just running and running on their tracks. But if you imagine yourself in a dream state when you can fly or you can explore places you never seen in real life. And if you imagine a state in between awakening and being asleep, when you can hear, when you can talk, you can think, but it's like this dreamy, relaxed state. So I teach people, not just I put them into this state, but I also teach them how to do it, how to relax their mind, how to relax their conscious mind, and how to allow this inner mind to step forward 
and be available. So this is the first step. Next, I teach people how to ask right questions because people come to me and they say, I don't want to be afraid. And I ask them, well, what do you want? And they have no idea because they never thought about it. But how can you achieve a dream if you don't see it, if you don't feel it, if you cannot taste it? Walk inside this dream. Wrap yourself in a dream. How can you ever hope to reach it? So we build a dream. If you accomplish what you want, how would you look? How would you sound? What your life will be? And in this dream state, we create a dream and we drop it into the unconscious. And then it's just a question of building steps, building a bridge between what feelings, what beliefs, what responses a person has now and what feelings, what beliefs, what responses they need to have in order to live this dream. So we install, we go from feeling to feeling. And people often ask, they say, well, if I change my feelings, it's not me anymore. And it's not true because they are still your feelings, but you step into more expanded you. So you open a treasure chest. Instead of using one tool, you start seeing plenty of tools. Instead of using one color, you start painting with many colors. So, and this is done with our imagination. So, for example, if um, people often think that, well, if I fail, then I will feel bad. But if you if you imagine this is only one step, if you imagine, if you really see in your mind, not just think intellectually, but really visualize, really make it very real to you, and you see all those steps, like little mountains leading to this big big goal, then every time you climb this little mountain, you can feel good. And every time you fail, you can still feel good because you are moving forward, but you need to see it. You need to feel it. You need to make this journey in dream mind. When you make it real in your dream mind, then your dream mind will start working on it. Even when you sleep, your dream mind will move you closer and closer to this goal. Awesome. That sounds, I can see how that could really help people and work on with them to change their lives. That's really cool. Yes, it is. So we're coming towards the end of our interview. And the one thing I like to ask 
all of my interviewees is for one minute of motivation to distill your message or your like you go back in time and what are you going to want to tell you have one minute to give advice to your child self something along that line so are you ready for your minute of motivation okay let me gather my thoughts and okay let's do it awesome when you want to accomplish something when you have something that sets your soul on fire often the biggest obstacle is fear fear of failure fear of embarrassment but what if we change this fear what if we obliterate this fear by redefining what it means to fail what if we say that that's impossible to fail by doing you can only fail by not doing and instead of seeing every time you attempt something new as one and the only chance and if you fail it's the end seeing is just one step just one step doesn't have to be perfect you just have to do it you just have to find a way of thinking that will be exciting that will change this challenge into an adventure and if you imagine and instead of living life of pain and stress you can start living a life of adventure every moment that's awesome thank you for sharing i absolutely love your message starting from a person who lived with fear and anxieties especially with a fear and anxiety that is easily displayed as most of us such as myself i was able to hide behind a prison of fear but most people couldn't tell because i would have a smile on my face and i could get out most of my thoughts but and they couldn't hear the fact that i was screaming in the background of my mind and thus being able to take that and pivot That's, into a yes. way to help not only yourself get through your prisons of fear and your anxieties to help other people do the same. I could really see how you can empathize with people and get on their level so that they can also pivot the idea of failure, of embarrassment into something awesome and move forward towards their dreams. So I thank you so much for your work and I thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you, Brett. Wow. What a story. I love listening to Anna talk, especially as she talks about stuttering and how that affected her life in a way where she couldn't talk for the longest time. And the voice is something that is very important. Being able to speak and you have people judge you. You can be a very intelligent person, but not be able to give a good interview I see this all the time with football fans where they talk about football players for not being good interviews as if that is an intelligent thing. But the thing is, public speaking is a skill. And to lack that skill and to be able to pivot that she had been able to do was amazing. I very much enjoy listening to that because that's what life is about. It's about dealing with 
fear. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Like the Susan Jeffries, I believe, her book. It's such a perfect saying, really. Because a lot of times in life, we try to think of ourselves as being fearless. But if you ever read a story of somebody who was born without being able to feel fear, their life is miserable. Because fear is a drive that keeps us alive and to make an enemy out of fear is to make an enemy out of a very important aspect of yourself. For it is not to free yourself from fear, it's to come in contact and learn from it and determine whether or not that fear serves you. As Anna was saying, if you're jump on, if you're on top of a cliff and you think to yourself, can I fly? And you don't feel fear, well, maybe you will do that. But in that case, that tinge of fear is like, no, you fool, you'll die. But at the same time, when you get up to speak in front of a meeting that you've been preparing for for the last one month and you feel that tinge of fear and the fear is just the same as if you thought you were on top of that cliff saying i'm going to die that sense that moment does not serve you so learning how to change that fear one of my favorite sayings is from victor frankel between stimulus and response there is space And in that space, we have the freedom. Well, if that's a simpler version of his. But the idea is when you have something out there that exists, there is a space before you respond. And there lies your freedom, your freedom to choose. And it's not always easy, especially when something in the reaches of your unconscious programming and gets you to move forward, gets you to do what is necessary for you to survive without you thinking about it. Yeah. That happens. That happens to all of us. But it's a practice. As you can hear, Anna has worked very hard on her stuttering. In fact, I did not even know Anna stuttered in her regular conversations. She's mostly stutter-free in her speeches. She does not stutter at all when she competes. But I noticed the more I've seen her, the more I get to know her, the stutter still comes out. But she never lets it stop her. She doesn't even make it look like it's something she even notices when she does it. Doesn't get that self-conscious feeling of everyone staring at me, everyone's looking at me. Oh no, everyone's judging me for being different, for being not good enough. She has learned to move past that. And in my humble opinion, that, my friends, is inspiring. If you want Anna to work with you, Anna Margalina can be reached through her websites, www.annamargalina.com, A-N-N-A-M-A-R-G-O-I-L-G-O-L-I-N-A-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-N-A.com, and www.agelesswithhypnosis.com. She offers a free, complimentary, 40-minute initial consultation to anyone who is tired of pushing through stress and pain and want to have more pleasure, comfort, and fun in life. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I am Brett Dupree, your joyous expansion life coach, champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation. Feeling good about life, just hearing the beep of my Instapot as I tried to make yogurt a second time first time was a failure 
So if you heard that beep, that's what it was. If you didn't hear that beep, I interrupted my podcast and I'm not editing this out. So take that, somebody. If you enjoyed this podcast at all and you're listening it to somewhere other than pod.joyousexpansion.com, give it a review, a like, a star rating, whatever people use nowadays, those fandangled kids to make people know. Share it with your friends if you so inclined to help a brother out. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at brettdupree at joyousexpansion.com. That's B-R-E-2-T's, D-U-P-R-2-E's at joyousexpansion.com. Check out my website, joyousexpansion.com. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I would like to support Brett Dupree monetarily. I have a book, Joyous Expansion. It's great. You'll love it. Also have one affiliate link right now on my website, pod.joyousexpansion.com, which you can get Acuity Scheduling. I put it on there because you should use Acuity Scheduling. I love Acuity Scheduling. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all I want to say for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's listeners like you that make it all worth it. Remember that I love you. And of course, to remind you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. Now play my jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree. He is an inspirational life coach. Good for you and good for me. He turned my life from grey to blue. I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch and you'll see. Your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Yeah!